I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is everyone is hot. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelly Brooks. Each week, we invite a guest to discuss their movie crush. And the film that proves that person is a stealth sex symbol. Hey, let's get horny. Hey, Michael. Hello, Shelly. What's up? It's been so long since we spoke. (laughs) I know. What's it been? It's been like... It actually has been a long time. It's been almost like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's been ages. Yeah, it's oh actually my God. been a long time. So much has happened. Uh, uh, so, dear listener, we recorded an episode before this, and now we're recording a second episode. Um, so we might still th- have things to say. I think we do. We we, we have, always do. We 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 find something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we gosh. always got something to gab about, especially because this is our third mini suit. Yeah, a new little format that we do on our occasion. New, it's a good format. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It lets us just um, bullshit, <laughs> which, is, which is always a good time. And it requires a lot less homework than the other ones, which I uh, appreciate very much. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, mutually our best talent. And we should become Most carn great. artists. <laughs> oh, I really would love to learn like pickpocketing skills little tricks little cute tricks where it's just like if someone pickpockets me in today's day and age because they did a special trick i'm gonna be like <laughs> keep my wallet yeah i'd be like good for you you worked hard on this yeah i like pickpocket movies where there's always like a part where the person learns how to pickpocket you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> like in the film pickpocket <laughs> oh gosh or an oliver twist I want to do a pickpocket movie, but then name all of the tricks after, um, like, really fun, uh, like, pop sexual dances positions? from the... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, sexual positions are for the older people. Like, once you've mastered... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> once you've mastered the... Uh, what would the taxonomy of this... How does this fucking go? Okay. Um, 
Uh, if you can do the Dougie, then you can <laughs> graduate to maybe one day doing like a an Eiffel Tower. Mm. How? Where in the hierarchy of pickpocket tricks is Soldier Boy? Oh, Soldier Boy. Um, Soldier Boy, I feel like is uh, like our fifteen year olds are really into the Soldier mm. Boy. Um, it's like a special trick that only they can do. Um, because you age out of it after a while, and there is some, oh. you know. Yeah. And when you're learning, sort of like the foundational tricks are like, do you have to start out by like learning how to Charleston? Yeah, learning, you have to start with some the... swing dancing, and then you can get up to like a frog. I mean, yeah, and... let's do. <laughs> the There's the twist is a whole universe of. Uh. <laughs> have you ever uh, looked up the like all the titles, all the twist versions, no. like all the versions of the twist? Oh my god! Wait, I have a playlist. What? That's all right. Chubby Checker did the twist. Come on, let's twist again. Like when the... you all are familiar uh, with the song, dear listener. Of course. Um, <laughs> and it goes um, like this. Yeah. So he yeah. has a bunch of twist songs. Um, twist, Chubby Checker. Come on, internet. Come on, boot up. Show me yeah, the information. Well, right. it, it does say on the internet that you know it, it did inspire dances such as the jerk the pony the watuzi the mashed potato and the monkey as yeah. well as the funky chicken the funky ch- oh yeah i remember the funky chicken <laughs> Do you remember that one <laughs> yeah so oh, man. there's oh god do i have to actually sign into spotify to find the playlist that i made why is there <laughs> not just a list of all the different twist songs that he did um what if there was like a mod musical of oliver twist that was just called Twist. And, and it's just all the versions of the... <gasps> he was doing his different little twists. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Something that's interesting to me about Oliver Twist is that I know that Fagin is an anti-Semitic character. But yeah. I feel like in every movie adaptation, he's always kind of hot, right? I haven't seen... I don't think I've ever seen an adaptation. No, I, I've definitely seen one adaptation of Oliver Twist and... Then was like, was I'm never going to watch another. Because he wanted to make sure that people were supporting his work. <laughs> no, I think it was like a fucking ABC Family version, if there ever was one. <laughs> um, like it was a TV movie version of oh, Oliver yeah. Twist. And, I'm sure you saw uh, like a Wishbone version of it. Oh, no, I think that might be the one. Never mind. <laughs> it might have just been the Wishbone Oliver Twist. And I was like, I never need to see another version of this again. I don't need to <laughs> read the book. Once you've seen the Wishbone adaptation of any work of literature, it's like, do you even need to read the book at this point? Yeah, I was like, I don't need any more of these books. Fuck, what's the other one? Uh, Prince and the Pauper. Uh, not the same guy, right? Oh, wait, no, oh, that no, one I love. Different guy. No, Prince and the Pauper is Mark Twain, I think. Oliver Mark Twain, Twain yeah. Dickens. I was like, little white boy and uh, with... <laughs> With a magical fucking, I don't know. Magical dog. Yeah. See, I think Wishbone was a a really great series. It was great for encouraging literacy. I was never really comfortable with that Lolita episode of the show. Oh, there's a Lolita episode. Of course. (laughs) God. It was already, the pedophilia was already uncomfortable. And then once you add in bestiality, (laughs) it became a little uncomfortable. Did oh, you that see dog the... looks sexy in those little sunglasses. Did you see the uh, last exit to Brooklyn? Uh, <laughs> wishbone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that it was good. Not as good as the Tropic of Cancer wishbone, but... Uh, I actually just Solid. I actually just rented the Tropic of Cancer episode on oh, yeah? uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, you'll have to let me know what you think. Because, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it can veer into insensitivity. Like, I don't know, the beloved wishbone I felt was in poor taste. Yeah. You're going to cast yeah. a white dog? Come on. Yeah. No, I think that was messed up. We're going to talk about uh, a movie starring one big animal. Uh, and that big animal yeah. is Burt Lancaster. We're talking about brute force. Say, speaking of um, <laughs> various white people, <laughs> we're talking about brute force. <laughs> I like yours better. <laughs> All right. So you want to go through the cast name list? <laughs> yeah, so so to uh, clarify for anyone who is not familiar with the film Brute Force, it is a 1947 movie directed by Jules Dassin, starring Burt Lancaster, but we really have <laughs> just an amazing list of actors. I will, you know, show my own ignorance. I didn't know. I know some of these actors. There are a lot of them that I was not super familiar with, but we've got a great list of names, and I think that we both know our number one favorite actor name in the cast we definitely do um <laughs> i like it when we're so clearly on the same page um absolutely <laughs> uh your favorite thing is was it's my favorite thing <laughs> yes and the beauty mm. of this actor is that not only does he have an insane character name his like actual person name is also wild it, honestly wilder than the character name <laughs> which I... is amazing <laughs> i did not do any research on any of the actors um and this guy i was like I, I i don't know it's in black and white so i can't i couldn't really tell like who was <laughs> who and what was what there are people i'm like looking at their nostrils and i'm like i get why people thought like babe ruth was <laughs> a black person or why you know sure. maybe he is i don't know um who knows i mean there knows? are lots of secrets secrets there's secrets lots of people michael you know? mcdonald actual black man um that's one that they don't want you to know there you go there's that internet conspiracy that tom hanks is black yeah he's black <laughs> yeah there you go We're, him and yeah, sorry, uh, did i say conspiracy i meant um truth telling yeah they're doing um they're doing a, a malcolm x uh prequel <laughs> uh starring denzel washington um it's kind of a midquel taking place yeah, within the say, civil prequel, are they going to do like benjamin button technology on him or like irishman technology so they're going to benjamin button uh denzel washington back into mm -hmm. his younger self as malcolm x but this time sure. it's uh taking place in a shared civil rights cinematic universe uh, mm. uh un universe um <laughs> and universe two times and um uh -huh. they cast tom hanks as Wow. Martin Luther King. That is inspired casting. I yeah. honestly, I think that <laughs> the civil rights <laughs> cinematic universe is like really strong IP. Um, yeah. And I think Disney's going to make a lot of money off of it. Disney's going to. Good for them. I'm glad they bought the rights to the civil rights movement. <laughs> so that. <laughs> So that they could really do something with the franchise, yeah. you know? Not not like a specific book, not like the autobiography of Malcolm X. No, they bought the rights to the to the civil rights movement. So exciting to see it in a shared cinematic universe finally. Uh, I can't wait to get my Tom Hanks as Martin Luther King action figure. We needed some yeah. My I Malcolm mean he was born Donald's to play the part. Story. He's born to play the part, like um, Christopher Reeve as Superman. Like, it's just one of those things. And Burt so Lancaster true. as Joe Collins. 
in Ooh, good. Woo, Brute Force, which is the movie we talk about. Um. It is. It is. But so we do want to discuss yeah. our favorite actor name. Um, and before we get to his actual name, I just want to give the listener um, a, a little snippet of his filmography. So in Brute Force, <laughs> he plays uh, Calypso James. Now, some of his other credits are uh, an episode of Father Knows Best, in which he plays a bongo instructor. Uh, mm. Linda Be Good, in which he plays Calypso Singer. Okay. Zombies on Broadway, in which he plays Calypso Singer. Eve Knew Her Apples, in which he plays, get this, Calypso Singer on radio. Uh, <laughs> I Walked With a Zombie, in which he plays Calypso Singer. Uh, and Happy Go Lucky from 1943, in which he plays Calypso Singer. So he had a niche. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a niche. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. I did not know any of this. I did not know any of this information. So now I'm I'm taking it, consuming it, and thinking mm. about being Processing. on the, uh, like the audition, the line or not me i mean that would be that's a much shorter i I, in hollywood that's a much smaller list um yeah and if you haven't listened to our previous episode which we just recorded in which we talk about the movie hollywood shuffle uh go check that out oh we should oof boy like the afro-caribbean experience is such a it's it's a black i think more about like other black experiences that aren't mine um yeah and like really think about it because i think you know with the black identity there's a tendency to be like uh yeah i don't know there and this is i I, this is one of those conversations where i'm i'm like i need another black i need another black person (laughs) around i need to like call my dad or something like that to give me a check because i want to make sure that i'm saying something it's like black people are a monolith done easy Mm -hmm. easy thing to say (laughs) Black people are not a monolith, but uh, it's just like, oh, yeah. Like, as a black person, there are times where I have definitely interacted with other black people. It's like, oh, yeah, we all have the same. We we all, you know, it's just like, no, we actually we're actually very different, (laughs) you know, like sometimes, (laughs) you know, we Um, all play Calypso singers, you know, like there are people that I. I don't know this. Yeah, this is something I got to. Oh, I, I got to call my dad and be like, it's like, cause when, when people make an assumption of what your experience is like mm. in an intraracial conversation, then it's like, oh, oh no, this thing that you think of as intrinsically black is, mm. you know, not yeah. something that I, you know, I don't know. We're talking about race, yeah. y'all. we're talking about race i will say uh i was really interested to read this guy's biography on imdb um because it's not a coincidence that he played a calypso singer so many times because he was in fact a calypso singer um who did some acting um but so his birth name was lancelot victor edward pinard um would you like to tell the audience what his stage name was sir sir lancelot oh how cool is that wow which apparently, I again in reading his IMDb, apparently that was a kind of common sort of uh, moniker for people in the Calypso circuit at the time. So there were wow. other singers named uh, 
some mentioned on IMDb were King Radio and Lord Invader. Which how fucking cool is that? <laughs> that is names are can, names can really do amazing things. Right. <laughs> if your name was just like John Smith, but you're like, no, actually I'm Lord Invader. That you're giving off a whole different vibe. Ooh. Shelly. Um, oh God, this okay. is so great. This is such a gift. Um, we're just on the internet, just hanging out on IMDB yeah. <laughs> and Wikipedia. This is we're like any Googling. study. We're in study hall right now. Um yeah. <laughs> this is basically study hall. Yeah. Um exactly. We're gonna know the history of Calypso music by the time we're done recording this. <laughs> oh God. This is the definition of but th- this is uh look, these episodes are a hang. So yes. this is I'm going to be real with you. Like, this is why we're friends. This is the shit. I'm like, ah, you are totally someone I would have been friends with, like, in study hall. Um, (laughs) It's like, oh, I know them. We would have been such good little nerds together. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, oh, you're doing the drama club? Then we would have became better friends during the, during the, like, the, whenever they do the spring musical. Practicing Um, choreography together. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, do you know the choreography? Oh, no, I don't really know it. What model are you going to do for the auditions? Uh, I was going to do, so there's this part of Superman uh, where Jor-El does the whole uh, speech before he goes to, uh, uh, he sends him to Earth. I'm going to do that speech. (laughs) And I'm going to do Lois Lane's poem that she does in like the middle of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. But we actually have another interesting musical connection in Brute Force, bringing it back to Brute Force. Perfect. Um, are you familiar with Yvonne DiCarlo? No, I am not. So she plays the Italian girlfriend that the you know former soldier yes. wants to break out and get back to. Um, yeah. But famously, she was the uh, actress in the original production of uh, Follies, who sang I'm Still Here. Holy moly. I don't know if I've ever yeah. heard uh, that song. <gasps> Michael, you would I love Follies. Oh. I love Follies. You would. Ooh. Oh, just like old people in old timey <sighs> tunes. You love, Michael loves vaudeville. It's got I a lot of vaudeville songs, but also yeah. it's Sondheim, so it's people just grappling with regret. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I'm going to check out that. Um, it's a show about uh, how it sucks to be old i'm going to dear listener um (laughs) i like calling the listener dear listener i do too i like that i would almost say this is the episode we could just make that a thing i don't know yeah it'd be fun i feel like i'm you know jane Eyre or someone yeah dear listener listener. i married him (laughs) yeah dear listener oh that's great oh we get to have a third friend (laughs) At all. Yeah. Uh, uh, you guys are listener. just listeners. You're our friends. Oh, can we compliment our listener right now? I'm very, ex- I'm yeah. very excited about this. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us while we talked about <laughs> racist old cartoons, musicals, <laughs> clips. I mean, you you made the choice to be here, so I will not apologize. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, we don't um, apologize, but we thank you. I, well, I was just going to compliment your jeans and say nothing else. Um, <laughs> your jeans. Yeah, dear like J E A N S or G E N S. Dear listener, our the average listener to this podcast is who I'm thinking about. They're wearing uh, jeans right now. Okay, it's not like you seem like you have solid DNA. No, 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 no. We're not talking about genetics. Ne- we're yeah. never talking about genetics. 
<laughs> no, no, we're not that uh, kind of podcast. This isn't Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson or whoever. <laughs> who knows? Um, who knows? They make a lot of money. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. We should do Yvonne? a heel turn, become right wing. Sounds tempting because I could definitely, I could I could definitely be what's her name the the. Yes, I could definitely pull <laughs> off a, a Candace a Candace Owens like a hybrid Michael. Candace Owens. Oh. Uh, I think I'd be more of a like a respectable, uh, respectable trader than like a sure. what's the other trader? There's this kid on TikTok <laughs> who's um, oh he's the one who's like oh my god like blah, blah. like he's like there's no such thing as racism. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm like clapping in front of the. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> sorry, dear listener. I'm sorry, dear listener. Uh, that was in your yeah, ears. Yeah, I think we could both like really clean up if we like, you know, became fascists. Mm. We could make a lot I mean, of money. Shelley, that's something to think about. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's good to have in our back pockets. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, if we could actively make the world worse, we could make a lot of money. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of <laughs> traders and fascists. Uh-huh. And fascists. Um, yeah. So, Yvonne DiCarlo, um, she's a Republican. That's why I say this. Um, oh, I thought we were going to talk about the movie. <laughs> no, we're, we'll talk about the movie. We're totally going to pivot to the movie. But I just want to encourage the uh, viewer, or sorry, the mm. listener. God, where did this, <laughs> I, did I list, Did I miss the picture? Is it gone? Oh, I Wait. forgot to mention she's also from the Munsters. Yes, she's from the Munsters. Um, look, y'all, scroll to the Wikipedia page <laughs> and read above her uh, later career. There is a picture of DiCarlo in something called McClintock. Um, she looks uh-huh. good in that picture, and that's all I wanted to say to you, uh, <laughs> listener. She looks very, she looks very good. Um, I, yeah. I mean, she's a Republican, so controversial, but mm. um, you know, unfortunately, some Republicans are hot. I don't want to admit it, but not hot. I mean, good looking. You know what? I uh, ad- physically attractive. Yeah, unfortunately, Barbara Stanwyck was a Republican. So Barbara Stanwyck, I have, yeah. I can't conjure up what her face looks like. Ooh, she was a tough old dame, and she was so hot, but she was a Republican. I as she was in like oh, Double God. Indemnity, the Lady Eve. I don't know. Anyway, and an old old Hollywood lady, very sexy, oh. a real Spitfire, but also Gosh. a Republican. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. Mm. But that said, <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about fascists. Uh, so, yeah. like, uh, Michael, would you like to tell us what the movie Brute Force is about? Um, shit. Okay. <laughs> Look, this is a special episode, and dear listener, if you're listening to this, you can go on and 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 it's about guys trying to get out of prison. Um, it's like a, it's like a, you can't do it like this. I can't, I I don't have the, wait, do I have, hold on. I'm sending it. It's in the script, but I'm sending it to you now because we can't. Wait, 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 wait. Am I in it? Am I in it? Wait, 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 wait. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I wasn't looking at this the whole time. (laughs) You have to do it the right way. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know what? We have an established precedent. (laughs) No, no, no. We have an established precedent. I thought we were, this was like the riffing kind of episode, but this is actually, this but is. we can't miss out on your sexy movie no, voice. Come on. We, we can't miss out on an opportunity, and this is why 
You are an excellent co-producer. And uh, people who are listening right now who might be hiring, okay? Yeah. I just Give want, me money I have one, so I don't have to I have one thing to say. You better pay Shelly. <laughs> pay Shelly, okay? Yeah, pay her what she's you. worth. You know what she's worth. Don't be a piece of shit, okay? Yeah. yeah. Pay her. Because, um, good, that's... We didn't miss on an opportunity here. Now I get to read this nice thing. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> my uh, career coach, Michael. Ah, <laughs> uh, and look, if you want my services, so that I don't become a fascist either, I am a terrific career coach. And if you need somebody to clap for you or just have your back and be like, you are doing great. I'm great yeah. at that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I pay for that. And now, uh, without further ado, uh, <laughs> the brute force synopsis everyone at a rough oh, sorry <laughs> at a tough penitentiary wait, wait 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 that was good no penitentiary 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 at a tough penitentiary Prisoner Joe Collins plans to rebel against Captain Muncie, the power mad chief guard. That's what we want. That's what we well, like. That's what Oof. we wanted. That's what we wanted. That was hey, good. Chris Parnell. Um, I'm coming <laughs> for you, Jab. Okay. He's coming for you, Parnell. I know you're Get doing out. the Batman podcast right now, but that's the shit I was going to do. Okay. Your fucking days are numbered, Parnell. Your fucking, your fucking days are numbered, Parnell. Okay. <laughs> I, I can play white guys. This like scary fascist like prison guard. His hmm? name Muncie because I feel Muncie. like that's like with such an old timey reference. He'd be like, "Oh, he's going down to Muncie." Did you hear? <laughs> Muncie. Oh God, there was lots of that in this movie. Lots of see, you can't bribe <laughs> me. You don't have enough. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of like good tough guy forties talk. It was great. Um, Frankie was tops. Hard guy to follow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the good stuff. Yeah, this was interesting. I was reading uh, some like essays about the movie, uh, and there was one that really got into sort of like the details of the Hayes Code and its like application on the movie. Apparently, um, the screenwriter experienced a lot of uh, difficulties because you know, in in the era of the Hayes Code, it's like if someone is in prison, you know, they have to be punished like the prisoner the you know criminal can't uh come out on top uh which is like completely uh the opposite of like what a prison break movie <laughs> is typically is um and there were you know apparently some changes that were made to the script as it was being developed and you know one was the sort of like flattening of these guys crimes to make it all like oh it's just a good guy who got in over his head like yeah, yeah. they all are like nice guys who just like happen to be in prison and then you know they weren't able to like succeed in the end which actually i think just ends up in making the film more sort of like bleak and fatalistic than yeah if the men were able to like have more complicated like ethical backgrounds or if they were yeah. able to like escape at the end like truly the the feeling of the film is that <laughs> these guards uh you know all, they try to like give some you know empathetic qualities to you know some of the people in the prison like the warden is just like an ineffectual like pussy <laughs> like yeah. but he's not necessarily actively evil they like concentrate all the evil in uh captain muncie played by hume cronin yeah. Um, 
to the extent that like, I mean, they, he is like very explicitly aligned with Nazis. <laughs> like they yeah. have him playing Wagner when he beats that guy up. Like his uniform looks like a Nazi uniform. Like they, the guy who's the former soldier, when they talk about breaking out, you know, it's like, ah, we were in this battle with the Krauts and this is how we took over. So like yeah. clearly drawing a parallel between like the prison system and Nazism. <laughs> so like, the fact that everybody either dies in the end or is like thrown back into jail and it ends with like the alcoholic doctor, the one like well-intentioned but ineffectual guy being like, I don't know why they did it. No one gets out of here. It's yeah. tr- like an overwhelmingly bleak ending. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it a really, oh, now dear listener, uh, some of you might not be quite as smart as Shelly is. <laughs> but you might be as smart as I am. And so uh, I, I want you to pay attention because that was really good context. This is why we pay attention during history and yeah. media history, because the <laughs> Hayes Code is something that nobody likes to talk about. But it like there are all kinds of codes that are still kind of, I don't know. We don't know them. Uh, they don't, mm. you know, we don't know the rules like, you know the Hayes Code or whatnot, but I don't know. I think it's fucking, like, watching this movie, I I had no concept of, like, oh, there was, like, a code. And I was, like, with this conversation, like, mm-hmm. oh, great, thank you, reminding me of the Hayes Code. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching this movie without thinking about the Hayes Code, I'm just kind of, like, this movie is fucking wild. It's fucking, <laughs> it's a fucking lesson. This has been a lesson this whole time. This is not just, like, a movie. It was it's just telling me. Lesson how to be it's like there was not a you raised a very interesting idea when we were talking earlier of thinking of movies that we would pair with this um so i'd be curious since it was your idea um you know Uh, what what you think would be an interesting uh sort of double feature with this movie or even if it's not a double feature because i mean this is so (laughs) so dark that i feel like it'd be hard to watch two at once um or two in succession um but just something that feels like a sort of like spiritual uh pair with it oh god i don't know what kind of place this is gonna put me in now that i'm thinking about it but um (laughs) and my relationship with this movie and prison movies starring white men um good (laughs) white men um uh good white men yeah just good white men uh uh but shawshank redemption is the modern equivalent of Mm. or i don't know i would think is a more recent equivalent of that kind Mm. of uh view of people i don't know there's no fucking truth in brute force um Mm. it's a fucking movie you know um (laughs) just a movie you know and they can be very fun and ah god yeah ah, yeah fucking i don't know shawshank ask your dad uh, dear like, listener that should have been the tagline for uh shawshank, shawshank. yeah yeah, yeah. Colon, <laughs> like, ask your dad <laughs> ask your dad <laughs> i like that <laughs> uh, i just hate morality plays they they bug me yeah and i mean i think that like this one even though it's like i, I don't know i i wouldn't even think of it as a sort of morality play like i think it had it's interesting how the moralism of the industry at the time was applied to the movie. Cause I think yeah. in the end it makes it 
like less of a sort of like moral lesson and more just like a really bleak sort of existential <laughs> like tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> that like this, especially the final line when uh, the doctor is saying like there was no chance of them ever getting out. It's like, yeah, it in one of the guys, um, Gallagher, who, you know, is one of the the main guys, has a line early on where he says, you know, there are only three ways to get out of here. It's uh, oh, wait, I wrote it down somewhere. It's like. Uh, when your when your time is up, or hold on, let me let me pull it up in my notes, because it was a it was a very good, good bleak line. Uh, oh yeah, there there are only three times the the doors are open here: when you come in, when you've served your time, or when you're dead. And I was like, yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> so it truly like creates this atmosphere of like absolute brutality. Like Muncie has no no checks. And even, you know, when it gets, there's like a glimmer of hope of them, like making this plan and like figuring out how they're going to get out. Um, you know, the doctor tells Burt Lancaster's character, like, like, even if you do get out, that just means that there's going to be the excuse for the warden who is like slightly better. He's going to get fired and months he's going to be put in charge. So like, even if you win, you lose, you know? Hmm. And that and- image of them like getting out and they strap the guy to the front of the cart and he gets just like oh riddled with bullets and his body is slumped over on the front of the cart. It's like they they really like <laughs> by trying to make this um, more puritanical, it ended up being more just like a devastating indictment of like, <laughs> I guess, like every American power structure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, rough, man. Rough times. Oh, God. We watched some bleak movies this week. We really did. It was, it was a rough week. So when I was thinking about movie pairings, my first impulse was um, one that came out a few years ago. It was Mike Lee's movie, Peterloo, that came out in 2018. Um, yeah. Very different film. It's like a sprawling like historical drama um, about the Peterloo massacre um, in which uh, working class people... Uh, were like agitating for representation in in parliament and like a more you know democratic political process in england um and as it like builds up you see like the very um kind of slow nitty-gritty organizing process of these people like over the course of like three hours and then the film culminates in the peterloo massacre where you know there was a demonstration happening and then you know the the, the government and the upper classes like you know called in um authorities to disperse the crowd and it ended up in like a bunch of people dying and being injured and just like descended into utter chaos um again a previous episode that we just recorded day of the locust it uh, is very similar to the like riot scene at the end of that movie um but yeah it it reminded me a lot of peterloo in that like it this feeling of inevitability and that like even as people you know, plan and and fight and think that there is some hope for change, it gets like utterly squashed by people with more power than them uh, in the end. Uh, but that seemed too bleak. So, so my other uh, idea of something to pair with brute force is the movie The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Um, which have you ever seen that movie, Michael? I have not. I have not. It is really great. It's um, like a, a British new wave movie directed by Tony Richardson um, with Tom Courtney in which he plays like a teenager in the North of England 
who is thrown into a, a borstal, which is like a, a a children's prison, basically, or like a reformatory yeah. school kind of. Um, and uh, Michael Redgrave plays the like head of the school who um, recognizes that even though Tom Courtney's character is like rebellious, he has this talent for uh, running, for long distance running. And so he he tries to, you know, get him to become the like star runner. And it ends with a race against this like posh school. Um, and he's like fed this, you know, sort of lie that like by making the Borstal like, look good, that he's going to be reflecting well on his class and like, you know, proving that he's, you know, worthwhile and that he, you know, has something to contribute. Um, and at the end he throws the race because he decides that he doesn't want to be just like a pawn to make this guy look good and to make this institution look good. And it ends with this like great smirk on his face where you like, you know, it's not really going to change his situation, but there's like that sort of triumph of at least yeah, being able to say, fuck you. <laughs> a personal, oh, a deeply personal victory. That's like, yeah. Oh, so that would be my pairing. Fuck. If you wanted something a little less depressing, still kind of depressing, <sighs> but not as like utterly bleak. to oh, go. Those are, those are good. Those are good pairings. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> well, oh man. We do have some uh fun little bits of trivia for Brute Force. If would you be interested in doing a little sexy trivia game? You ha oh, yeah, hell yeah. That's yeah. Fucking, I, this is all thought out. Okay. Yeah, wow. Dude. <laughs> this is a whole this is a whole ass okay, we didn't do this last time, I feel. Yeah, we did. We did. We yeah, absolutely we did, did. But it's okay. <laughs> Did we have we didn't have trivia uh, though? I think we did. We definitely did for after hours. I think we did for Office Killer too. Holy moly! Yeah. Oh god, Listen, I gotta catch up. Shit. Oh god, I gotta catch up. Keeping things moving, baby. I'm still. Oh gosh, holy moly! Now, Michael. Would you like to read our first little piece of trivia? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dear reader, you better sit on down. <laughs> Inspired by the 1946 Battle of Alcatraz in which Orion ran out of control in the prison for two days. Hmm, very oh, wow. sexy. Wouldn't you agree, dear listener, I... that that was incredibly sexy? Wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes, darling. Thank you now, for your agreement. Yes, please. I would like to get into number B. Number B? Number B says, The calendar girl in the film was painted as a composite of all the female characters. It features one or two facial characteristics from each one of them. Therefore, when each man looks at it, it does actually resemble his loved one. The original prop was sold at auction for $2,500. Dear listener, I'm going to say that this is the one female character in the movie that got the most uh, development. <laughs> Listeners, so, he isn't wrong. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's a wild prop. You just got to see it for yourself. Anyway. It's very, very <laughs> sexy. But also, you think that 
she was more developed than Anne Blythe, who spends the entire time sitting in a wheelchair going, Oh, why would you love me when I got cancer? Wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. <laughs> they gave a picture way more character development. <laughs> oh, but she has cancer, so that's that's a character quality, right? Yep. <laughs> My character is that I'm sick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they really know how to make it ride them. Oh, yes. Now, Michael, you want to take us home? Ooh, part C. The second of three films that Burt Lancaster made for Mark Hellinger, the writer-producer who discovered the former acrobat and turned him into a movie star. The first of these was The Killers, 1946. And the the three-picture contract was completed with Crisscross, 1949, a film Hellinger never lived to see, as he died before production began. His widow insisted that Lancaster honor the contract he had with her husband. Aw, that's a nice wife. We What a great wife. Um, yeah. We made it to the end of the whole song. That's cool. We really did. We, it was perfect. Uh, well, timing. almost. I had to press the button, but <laughs> but we were close. You know what? I like when we get to have fun in that segment, and it yeah. goes a little long. Yeah, exactly. that's just me. especially when we've got good ass trivia like this time. Oh, this is good trivia. I know. I didn't know the bit about the calendar girl, and honestly, that's a really smart choice. Yeah, it's oh. good. It's good stuff. Gosh, now, Michael, that's, it's a smart choice. It. I mean, I wonder how how something like that would be done uh, now. But I guess they kind of do it with every movie. Um, you <laughs> see where you see a CGI. Uh, yeah. Now woman. you could do um, one of those hologram things. So when the guys turn the picture, she has different faces. <laughs> You're like yeah. that's my girlfriend. Wait, no, that's my girlfriend. That's mine. Wait, <laughs> that one looks like she has cancer. I think that's my girlfriend. Oh, that's my. That is okay. All right. <laughs> I was confused. That's definitely mine. That one's mine. That, that is, yes. Gosh. <laughs> now, Michael, who was your crush in this movie? My crush in this movie. Um, so, look, I fell. I, I spent a lot of time in in mental prison uh, with these fellows. <laughs> um, so it was hard for me to be like, who do I find like really, really attractive right now but mm-hmm. there's this one character uh spencer is his name i don't know any of the characters <gasps> names in this movie i love but spencer. um spencer played by john hoyt um yes if i had to pick somebody then that is the person i would i would pick he's got such a good face he's got a, an incredible face um and he, such a like 1940s man body mm-hmm. um yeah like, where it's just like he was probably like the pinnacle of i don't know i'm assuming he was like a pinnacle of like what what jason momoa is to us now is probably <laughs> like he was the archetype for masculinity then she's like oh that guy okay well i mean if we're talking like a jason momoa type that's got to be burt lancaster and his i mean burt lancaster yeah i mean he's <laughs> True. But this guy I guess is John... super fine. He's got the like yeah. divots on his face that like yeah. I don't think you see in movies as much now because no. people don't like smoke all day long and you know yeah. drink whiskey and stuff. But yeah, where he's got like those lines going down his cheeks and he's kind of like gaunt looking. Oof. Yeah, he looks good. 
It's a, yeah, he looks like a drawing of a 1940s. Uh, <laughs> he's the ideal white man, if I'm going to. Yeah. You know, Burt Lancaster, I don't mm, Hmm. They're very different yeah. kinds of white men, you know. Very different. The and yeah, the diversity of the white <laughs> men in this movie is something that I think even as a black person, I can uh, I can appreciate. I was like, man, these 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 white men, they don't make white men like they used to. Yeah, they do feel like old timey whites, which yeah. you know, it, it's, he's got a good face. I really like it. And that well, you you scooped me because he was going to be mine, but I did have. A, a second choice. Ah, Lois Lane. Be... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so mine, I think that we got, we chose two guys with similar faces in this movie, I think. Because yeah. mine is Wit Bissell, who plays, wait, what, what the hell is his Bissell. name? <laughs> Wit Bissell, yeah. Bissell. He plays Tom. Bissell. He's the guy with the glasses. And he, he looks like his name would be Wit Bissell. Wit Bissell. Wit Bissell. With his, his glasses and his nice hair. <laughs> Holy shit. Whit Bissell. Yes. Oh my God. He's a cutie, huh? Because we got into their little love lives, right? Yeah. Oh, and my God. It, they both got screwed. The, they got screwed. <laughs> of all the terrible things that Muncie did, I think maybe the meanest was when he was like, I've been looking at your letters, Tom. By the way, <laughs> you're divorced. <laughs> hey, bro. She cheating, man. She yeah. cheating. We dumped your ass. She's <laughs> eating, baby. <laughs> Ooh, which, speaking uh, of Muncie, do you think he was coded gay? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Like, the scene where he beats the shit out of that guy while playing Wagner, like, yeah. he's definitely, he's in that tank top, and he gets so close to his face. Yeah. He's showing those arms. You're like, oh... I don't it's, like that they're trying to be like, look at this gay guy. I he I'm listens like, to it, classical music. <laughs> the more I think about uh, like different masculine archetypes, the more I realize like, oh, homophobia was just like that's like deeply <laughs> like yeah. woven into how people told stories. It's just Ooh, like, yeah. oh, what makes Scar? And we need to make Scar like a little bit different. We need to, he needs to carry himself a little bit differently from Mufasa. Mufasa, who's you know, yeah, like, ooh, what if he, you know you know which i i don't always like the gay villain discourse because i'm like well yeah but also villains are hot so like yeah it's sexy when you're hot and evil but this one was a little much because it's like oh you know those effete nazis isn't this guy kind of like it oh yeah like associating it with yeah (laughs) nazis were kind of gay right yeah Yeah. because they wore (laughs) those nice uniforms and listened to classical music isn't that kind of gay God, what a weird, what a Are weird you a correlation to make. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> so, that was definitely uh, upsetting. Also, uh, Michael made the great call earlier <laughs> that, um, that uh, Hume Cronin, who plays Muncie, looks like Joe Biden. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> he does look a lot like young Biden, which is upsetting. Gosh. Mm. Yeah. I don't like it. I also, would love to I'm... see a, a friggin' uh, Joe Biden, Captain Muncie. If, Ooh. you know, maybe after his presidency, he wants to get into a little acting, they can do a, <laughs> a remake in the shared... I like you... this. Look, one day, Kevin Feige is going to be producing everything. Uh, he's yes. going to be 
producing the reboot of Bruce Forrest, which is probably mm-hmm. going to take place in the shared uh, civil rights cinematic universe. Because why not? <laughs> if they own the rights, then they you can already just... already have the IP. Come on. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we could get real life politicians to come in as the actors because that could be, oh I don't know, kind of kind of a really interesting career shift. Um, yeah. God. And we could have Joe Biden as <laughs> Captain Muncie. I, I your, think your that you're onto something. Your wife is here. She's cheating on you. Uh, uh, look, Listen, uh, fella. Listen, you got, you're going to die. You're going to die here. Okay? You're, you're, it's all right. You're going to die. Your life doesn't matter. Okay? I got to say, there's some menace there. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Old Joe, you could really, you could sell it. I or will Kamala, say also please. Hume Cronin had a great long <laughs> career. He was in like a ton of fantastic movies. He was in like the Parallax View. He was in... Um, Suspense, I think, is the name of the Hitchcock movie he's in. Um, But also, did you ever see the uh, William Friedkin TV movie of 12 Angry Men? No, no. I've never seen a single version of that. (laughs) Ooh, honestly, we might have to talk about it someday because listen to this cast. I haven't seen this movie for years. I saw it when I was a teenager and I forgot just how many people are in it. So Hume Cronin, Jack Lemmon. What? Ossie Davis. James what? Gandolfini, Edward what? James Olmos, George C. Scott, Courtney B. Vance. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. We're going we to have to do a 12 to. Angry Men episode. Yes. We'll do this. We'll do the original one with uh, Henry Fonda. And, or, is it Henry Fonda who's in that? I think so. And, oh, uh, and then the Amy Schumer sketch. <laughs> All right, here's what I want to do. I want to actually read the play, 12 Angry Men, because I never read it. Yeah. Um, I've never read it, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Every version of that that has been presented to me has been like 12 white guys at a table yelling at each other, <laughs> uh-huh. and that is my biggest fear. I don't want to be in that room. <laughs> um, <laughs> these white men are oh, so boy. mad. I'm, <laughs> I can sweaty. tell you... Let me tell you what this is, because I, I feel like this is a nightmare that's like coded and has been coded into my brain since I was like uh-huh. two or something. Like, Jesus. I don't know if I was around these per- personalities ever in life as like a baby <laughs> in a stroller. And this is uh-huh. just part of like my mental DNA. But like, oh, uh-huh. God, it's a basement. And there's like 12 uh, white guys standing over a poker table because they're all playing poker. <laughs> 12 people playing as poker. And they're yelling at each other, and the basement is in Mineola somewhere, where I was born. That's I was born in Mineola Hospital, so I don't know why I associate this. Uh-huh. The basement smells like Gatorade and hot dogs. Gatorade? Um, I thought you were going to say, like, cigars. No, it's Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, probably cigars. These guys love to smoke. No, Gatorade. Gatorade. They, no, no, it's, it's smoke, it's Gatorade, uh-huh. and it's cigarettes. Uh-huh. And all of those smells together, and... Uh-huh. They drink like obscene amounts of, of Gatorade. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, hire someone to redo that painting of the dogs playing poker, but they've all got big jugs of Gatorade, <laughs> and they're in Minneola Hospital. <laughs> but this version that you're describing doesn't sound like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it no. sounds like a, it sounds like a more realistic. <laughs> version of this I don't basement. remember a single Gatorade bottle in that movie. 
<laughs> so you can rest easy on that front. Oh God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yo, well, Michael, all right. we I... we talked about our crushes. This is supposed to be a mini sode. We are an hour in. <laughs> oh damn. This is not gonna be a mini sode. We just had so much to talk about. Oh God, I have more to say about Twelve Angry Men because I wanted to know how you'd cast the modern day dumbest version of that in the civil rights shared <laughs> cinematic universe. Um, <laughs> I think we got to put a pin in this for when we do well, our Twelve Angry Men episode. <laughs> um, that is all right. So we'll do that in that episode. Shared civil rights cinematic shared universe universe yes. <laughs> uh, produced and directed by Kevin Feige. Only uh, on Disney Plus. <laughs> only on Disney Plus, but we got Joe Biden contracted for six movies as this fictional we got character a six from deal with Biden. <laughs> so, who knows? You you <laughs> might, dear listener, on our next mm-hmm. episode, our next minisode, which maybe won't be for a while. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Stay horny. Y'all. All right. Well, this has been all over the place, but it has been <laughs> a real delight. <laughs> This is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, good. Michael, thank oh, you Shelley. so much for doing this with me. Thank you for doing this with me, Shelly. Always great. Yes, and dearest listeners, uh, you know, you can always follow us on Everyone is Hot Pod. Uh, that's one as a numeral one, not O-N-E. Everyone is Hot Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you leave us a five-star review and you tell us who your stealth sex symbol is, we'll read it on the pod. I think I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you for your I'm support. Inclined to agree. I, think that, I think that maybe we could do that. Now, Michael, is there one thing that you would like for the dear listeners to do? Oh, let me go back to our script. Michael, it's the same one we do every time. <laughs> I, know, I know. Look, y'all. I want you to go to Apple or, you know, rate us five stars. Go to Apple uh, Podcast. What? Uh, I just said that. Oh wait, I, I, Do I we mentioned want staying them horny to stay earlier. In a certain state. Pardon? Oh my God! We want no, I'm not. Stay in a certain mood, perhaps. Oh no! I mentioned stay horny earlier. I said it. I said it very calmly, casually. I said stay horny. That's how we end. That's how we I know, end. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just having, busting your balls. I'm just, I'm just having fun. I think this was really fun. <laughs> this was really fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm just having some fun. We're just, we're just having fun. We're friends having fun. There's no way I'd rather spend a Sunday afternoon. Oh God. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. What are you doing? No. For the, yeah, we'll talk afterwards. We'll talk <laughs> we'll afterwards. Talk afterwards. <laughs> we're at 56 minutes and 16 seconds. All right, stay so, more, y'all. Guys, this is less we, than an hour. It's still a mini sode. It's less than an hour. Yeah, we're doing great. Now, guys, please, please stay horny. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.